Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. My name is Lucas, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. It's my privilege, my joy to have this opportunity to preach to you, to talk, to have a conversation a little bit about uh, prayer. Um, And... uh, I think before we get there, just to kind of give you a bit of an overview and, and some context into the sermon, ser- excuse me, the sermon series, we understand that in January, early on in the year, it's usually a time that we as people like to create habits, patterns, we look for new ways to create habit, habits and patterns, and, and we as a church want to help you build that foundation a bit. Because if there's anything we want to create healthy habits around, hopefully it's our spiritual formation. Hopefully it's the things that matter most, the things that need to be foundational. And yet, I'm also aware that talking about goals and New Year's resolutions, and even like Christian disciplines like you saw on our bumper, prayer, worship, reading the word, um, witness, like going out talking about Jesus, living a life worthy of the calling like Paul says, like all of those pieces feel a little bit rudimentary or just like, Classic, You know, they just feel a little bit like, of course, we're starting there in January for the four basic rules of following Jesus. That makes sense. We, what? Okay, fine, church. Let's do that. Let's get it over with. But let's not rush the series. Like Pastor Lisa was saying, let's not try and, like, fast track past four of the most foundational pieces of our spiritual formation that allows us to go deeper with Jesus. Because that's ultimately the goal. Coastline Church, please hear me. We just want you to go deeper with the Lord this year. We just want you to have a greater depth of relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is the heart. That's the goal. And so I think we can always look at disciplines and grasp the necessity of them, but we don't always experience the joy in them. It feels more like duty than delight. And I believe it actually should be both. It's not the other way around. It's actually both. That it is, yes, duty and obedience to follow, to listen, to read. But, friends, there should be delight and hunger and excitement and joy and and fervor and a vibrancy that happens in our faith. Not just when we talk about, but when we practice this. Are you hearing what I'm trying to say? And I just want you to know, too, what what Pastor Lisa said last week. And if you didn't hear the sermon, it really is almost like part one of of the rest of the series last week. It It was all about next steps. Because that's our heart, that you would take steps. But understand this, and Pastor Lisa said it so well. I saved it on Instagram. I made it. I just, it was so good. You don't have to add anything to your faith to be saved. Friends, Jesus does that. He does all of that. But you need to activate and engage if you want your faith to grow. And so there is, there is a piece where Jesus has done it all. He has paid it all. He went to the cross. There is a victory for you and for me when we run to Jesus but after that happens, there's still this, this wonderful journey of spiritual, the spiritual journey that we have with Jesus as we walk with him daily. Amen? Amen. And so with that, that's our heart, to go deeper, to start that journey. And that journey for us today, it starts with prayer. Prayer, I believe, is, uh, it is, the, 
if not the like most important, long-lasting, if you will, foundation of any Christian journey, which is funny. I'm sure you'll hear Andy say that when he comes up next. He'll talk about worship, and he'll be like, no, worship in the Word is the most important. And then I think Adam's going to preach on, no, witness, that's the, no, friends. The young guy is right. Prayer is the most important. No, I'm just They're all important. They're all important. But there is something unique I do think about prayer. There is something, uh, maybe that's not unique, there's something very special and powerful about prayer. There's always been strong movements of prayer in the world. The 24-7 prayer movement is, is fantastic. There is, a, there is a hundred year prayer meeting still ongoing happening in a small town in Europe. Hundred years. It has started long ago and is continuing to go. Even this church is founded on the revival of prayer meetings starting in Zusa Street. Prayer is unique. It's unique to worship and word and to witness because prayer is, is, is the one discipline that not just Christians do, but even non-Christians do. I read a study this week that 67% of uh, people who live in UK pray, but less than 40% would call themselves believers, which is really interesting when you think about it. Like prayer is this one thing that no matter where you are in your spiritual journey in here, whether it's your first time and someone invited you, whether you've been coming to this church longer than I've been alive, Prayer is this one thing that all of us have found ourselves in need of or trying. We have all have some sort of relationship with prayer. We've, it's this universal posture that almost humbles us just to ask, to look up in the sky and say, God, where are you? God, if you're real, right? Have you ever said that one? God, forgive me. All of us have knelt, have, 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 have put our head down in our, in our hands and just said, Jesus, if you're out there, I need you now. Uh, recently, I took Trina out. We were out for her birthday. It was her birthday on Friday, and we were out for breakfast. And, uh, and God, I, was, I, was, I was so ready. Like, I had the whole day planned. And, and, you know, guys, we don't multitask that well, but we multi-listen like nobody's business. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what it is, but when I get to a restaurant, I am mostly invested in the conversations around me. And I'm not sure why. Anyone else? Anyone else? So many people lying right now, or you just won't. You all, you all do what I do, right? I can't be the only one. And I am. I'm like, it's your birthday, and you look lovely, and this is fun. But did you know Becky over here is really struggling with her job and might go back to school and redo and get a double major? Good for you. I almost want to turn around and say, yeah, go for it. Bex, can I call you that? I feel like I can call you that with how much I've been... And then over here, these two people, all they did, all they did was talk negatively about their boss. That was it. And they just did not want to go back to work. They're like, Ugh, let's be five minutes late. And they just kept eating brunch. I'm like, okay, not going to even talk about that one, but I could hear it happen. And then over here, there was an older couple, and they were talking about the Christmas they just had. And it was such a train wreck that I just kind of like continued to, <laughs> you know? You know, why they're, you know why you're all laughing so hard? Because all of you do this. That's why. It's not that good of a story. You just all are like, I know exactly what he's talking about right now. And uh, they just, they were, I could hear them. They were talking about one son that came to Christmas Eve dinner completely drunk. They were talking about one, their other son who came to Christmas dinner with a girlfriend that neither of them knew that he had. <laughs> and then they began to talk about real world things, like financial problems. And I could hear them talking about the war in Ukraine still, and just it continued to go. And then there was just like silence dropped for a little while. And then finally one of them spoke up, and then one of them said, what else can you do, you know? And then the other person kind of just said, 
what else can you do but pray? <laughs> I heard this word as I'm sitting there having breakfast with my beautiful wife on her birthday, and I can hear them talking about finding themselves at the final point where they don't have anything else to do but pray. I don't know if they're Christians. I don't know what they would, what they would you know, kind of identify as when it comes to their faith journey, but they're at their wit's end. And all they can do is literally look up and be like, enough. What is going on? Have you ever found yourself there? Because I know I certainly have. Even this week, I saw one thing, and then I'll, we'll really get into this, but I saw something happen. There was a, a guy who, his name is Damar Hamlin, who plays for the Buffalo Bills, and he, he went to tackle someone. He made a tackle. didn't look like a, anything negative really happened to his body, and he got back up, and then out of nowhere, he just fell. Uh, his, his, his heart stopped, like everything stopped, it looked like, and he just fell, looked like, he almost looked dead. Thankfully, he is not, and he is recovering, praise the Lord. But something happened where the NFL, every single team just started praying. Just started praying. I've, ne- I've seen a lot of, over the years, I've seen NFL teams unite under different banners and ideologies and, and movements. I've never seen all 32 in their Twitter bio saying, pray for DeMar Hamlin. I saw it. It was like flooding Twitter. And, and finally, I was watching ESPN Live, and I saw Dan Orlowski, who is a commentator, who just quite literally, he stopped in the middle of a live broadcast in front of millions of people and decided to do the one thing he knew that he could do. Because what, what is talking about really going to do? And so if you're watching online today, uh, you can search this in your own search engine, find this clip. You won't see it now. But for those who are in the house, I want you to see this because this was live in front of millions of people this week praying for a gentleman who went down hard. Take a look at this. I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. You just heard Sheriff and Jonathan Allen say that all we can do is pray for him. I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that people need prayer. Maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for you. Tomorrow, Andy, I'm going to pray for you now. Uh, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Uh, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for tomorrow, for healing for tomorrow, for comfort for tomorrow, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up tomorrow in his name, in your name. Yeah, I thought something special there to stop and not really have all the words and say, we don't understand it all, but we're going to pray. And this happened like all throughout the whole week and, and honestly progressively got better throughout the whole week and he is responding now, which is incredible. Praise, praise God. We all have some sort of relationship with prayer, which is why I find it so interesting and also beautiful, beautiful that it impacts all of us in a different way. And, and so again, I want to break it down. My, my hope today is to give us an, a theology of prayer, of what it is, um, you know, how to do it, and, and of course, why it's so important. I've been really wrestling in the last little while with a working definition of prayer for myself, because I, I see lots of them, I read lots of them, and I wanted to hopefully give you one today. So if it feels a little Sunday school today, you're welcome. Okay, here we go. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Uh, there's a blue Bible right in front of you. You can pick that up or follow along on the screens. 
This is Jesus' words. He says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, you've got your own Bible, underline that. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they will be heard because of their many words. Excuse me, for they think they will be heard. It's important. For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. What I love about this verse, and we've, we've rolled through the, the Sermon on the Mount, we've talked about this, we've unpacked this even at First Wednesday a little bit. What I love about these first four verses, this theme that Jesus is introducing for you and for me, is that he's saying there is a way to pray and there is a way not to pray. He's giving us the, the easy pieces here. He's saying this is what you do and this is how you do it. He's, he's actually kind of helping us. I don't know if you notice, he's lowering the bar. He's saying it's not just about saying stuff out loud. It's not just about babbling here and there. It's not just about you know, making sure you sound eloquent and that you add a little verse in with your prayer to make it sound like you also read the word as you pray. Like it's, it's, it's not just about this and about that. It's actually about the posture of your heart. It starts with the posture of your heart. Prayer is not just about what is said out loud, but starts with the posture of your heart, meaning he's asking you to actually close the door, to quietly go to your room in the secret place. And then the verse will say, like, go to the closet, which is where the most special things were actually kept. He's saying, start there on your knees and begin to have a conversation to truly interact and get to know me. That's what he's saying. He's saying you can talk really loud, you can have the perfect words, you can even impress people. They think they will be heard, he says. But when you're finished doing that and it looks really good, that's your reward. That's as far as those words go. Jesus is saying, come as you are. I want you to talk with me. I want you to be with me. Otherwise, why would he call it a secret place? Like, there's something important there. Finding that, that, that five minutes, not just in the car when you're busy ripping past people, not just in the shower, I really mean this. Finding a place, is it quietly when, before everyone gets up? Is it later when people go to sleep? Is it, is it away from work? Is it this you know, special spot at work that you can go to, this, this lunchroom that no one knows, whatever it is, and you can put everything aside, you can turn your phone off for a minute and begin to interact with the God who loves you. Because friends, he wants interaction and he wants intimacy. The word prayer here in the Greek is actually prosio kom ahi, which, is, which took me a long time, okay? So I want you to learn it too. Prosio kom ahi, and it's this, it's this word to exchange. I love this. To exchange wishes. Literally, to interact with the Lord by switching human wishes with his wishes. Isn't that, really, isn't that a beautiful picture? You're sat down with a kid and you're like, tell me everything you're thinking about or tell me what you want right now. And you begin to exchange. Like, it's this beautiful, like, tell me everything and let's begin to exchange because your desires and my desires, let's connect those two. Let's have a conversation. Let's interact. Let's be intimate. Let's, let's enjoy one another. And then he begins to impart faith for us. Friends, let this year be marked with honest, real, good energy, God-given moments where you're talking to Jesus. And notice he says, when. Not when you feel like it. Not once in a while. 
not at church or before dinner. He says, when? And without me coming off too insensitive, church, you know I love you so much. If you were a follower of Jesus, please, please know. Jesus is quite literally saying, when you, begin, when you put this in practice, as you put this in practice, there is an expectation here that you are praying. Why? Because pr- there is no substitute in your life for, pr- for a vibrant prayer life. There is no, like, five ways to hack the prayer, you know? You see those books? Hack your work week, the five-minute work week. What? There's, who, who, who gets their work week done in five minutes? My goodness, even five hours, like, I, I just, sorry, it's just so fun. Five-minute work, it doesn't matter. We'll talk about it another time. There is no substitute here. There's no quick fix hack here. We're so, we love life hacks, friends. There is no substitute. There's not a five step to a better, it's just to sit, to be still, to not babble, to listen, to engage, to honestly, just like that guy, like, I don't know what to say, Lord, but right now I know that I need you. Right now we know that we're calling on your strength. We believe in prayer. Allow God to speak through you, to speak to you. There is no substitute for prayer life. It can't just be when, when Pastor Lisa comes up and prays for us after worship. There's something you're missing if it's not a beautiful, intimate interaction between you and Jesus. Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And I think he's right. So what is prayer? Here's, my, here's point number one of like 19 that I'm going to give you today, so get ready. Prayer is continual communication and communion with God. I really believe that. Continual meaning it'll happen more than once. Not every, I'm not saying yeah, it's like five o'clock every day. That's not what I'm saying. Just the continual growth of, of prayer that is both like talking to God and being intimate and interacting and spending time in his presence. So we have that first part. We have what is prayer. It's continual communication and communion with God. But, but how? Because I think that's where maybe we struggle. We know that it's, like you said, we know that it's a necessity. But what about, how do we make it a delight? How do we enjoy it? How do we experience it in its fullness? Let's keep reading what Jesus says. This then is how you should pray. Stop for a second. For all the like, type A people, don't you love when Jesus talks like this? Don't you wish the whole Bible was just like, this is what it is, and this is how you do it, you know? If you love that, there you go. That's why prayer is the best one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> this then is how you should pray. This is the words of Jesus. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Again, that's, that's Matthew 6, that's chapter, verses 9 through 13. There's four, I think, main themes here, and we're going to walk through them as we continue to add those themes, those points to the definition of what is prayer and how do we have a theology of prayer. And so continuing in that definition, first is the recognition of God's authority. You notice that the way he starts, this end is how you should pray. What does he say? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your name. Prayer is continual communication and communion with God the Father who is holy. It was said so well already in hosting by Pastor Lisa. Friends, the term hallowed be your name is not King James' version for dear baby Jesus. Okay, 
is not Greek. For, it's, it's very important we don't miss this because, listen, and I said this once at a, at a first Wednesday, so forgive me, but I think what may catapult you into a greater prayer life in 2023 is not a greater list of requests, but a greater recognition of who you're praying to. That there is, this is our holy God. That this is God, yes, the Father, but he is also holy. And when you say, hallowed be thy name, what, what he's actually trying to help us see here, what Jesus is trying to help us see is that, yes, we want to have intimacy with the Father, but also recognize this is God Almighty. This is God our healer. This is God who is bigger than anything going on in your life. When you say, hallowed be thy name, you're saying, God, you are holy. I sanctify your name. I sanctify this moment. Include me in your holiness. Remove me from anything that isn't holy like exclude the unholy things from me allow this to be pure and holy and righteous you're actually you're you're offering something so powerful here and I don't want us to miss it and I think we're really quick just to dear baby Jesus thanks bud you're awesome and you know I love you so if you could help me out here right like let's let's be honest But Jesus is saying, no, 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 to kneel and to set before the holy God, the Alpha, the Omega, he who is bigger, he who is everything we need, he who is the one that we can find our complete contentment in. That's what he's asking us to do, to say, hallowed be your name, which is a prayer that is a yearning, it's a pleading from God's people to say, would you, would you, Lord, I, I, I put you in your rightful place. I revere you. You are, you are in all reverence and in awe. You are high and above. I value you. I admire you. I cherish you. You are loved and high above everything else in my life. Make sure you put God in his rightful place when you pray. That's what he's trying to ask us to do. And yet also, don't forget, he's saying our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so in this one little spot, he's saying, yes, both revere God, but also you can come close to the Father. Yes, he is holy, but yes, he is also your Father, my Father. Hallowed be thy name, our Father in heaven. And I think for us, maybe what we need to recognize is is there's a bit of a balance here. That God actually is saying, Jesus is saying to us, to you and to me, to this year, 2023, that in our prayer life, we can find a balance between the intimate and the, and the reverent. That we can both revere God and also be so very close to him. Amen? Yes. You know, one, one scholar wrote that this is, there's no evidence of any kind showing that, that Jesus, that anybody referred to God as Father before Jesus did. And I think this is really important and really key and you are looking to the only one that can give you the strength you need, you know? So let's treat him with respect and, and reverence and honor because he is, I, again, I understand that we don't want to become legalistic in our prayers and I think that's where we've become almost lenient in the way we re- refer to him. But I think, again, if I can encourage you this year, it's, it's that it's both and. It's both and. Yes, become, yes, there's intimacy, but also there is reverence. And it really changes your perspective as you pray. Second point is an alignment to his will. As we keep reading, we see that, that Jesus actually asks us to align our will with his, actually truly to make his ours, and that's where that alignment comes in. And if we continue on with our definition, we say prayer is continual communication and communion with God the Father who is holy, where we align our will with God's. Again, we're working on this definition of prayer. Um, the verse 10 says, your kingdom come. 
right? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can I encourage you? I think this is important. In 2023, make a list of needs. Make a list of wants. Absolutely. But when you pray, start with, Lord, let my desires become yours and let your desires become mine. And I think slowly, it's what God has been working on my heart because I've, I've lately been in this place where I want to just, I want to pray bold prayers, church. I want to believe. And we'll get to that in a moment. I want to pray bold prayers. I want to stand in the gap. I want to contend for those who need us to pray. And yet God has been saying, hey, 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 hold on, slow down for a second. I love the heart, but like, let, let my desires become yours. Let me show you what's on my heart. I love hearing yours, but let me show you what's my will. Because God's will is the best will. Amen? Like his plan is better, right? Yet first, like let my desires become yours and yours become mine. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Why? I read this this week. Why? Because the radiation of his will be done, church, reminds you who's in charge. Right? The reason you're praying, Lord, your will be done is because you've tried yours and it didn't work out. Right? Don't get mad at me. I heard it in a sermon this week and it was really good. And it convicted me. It's the truth, isn't it? It's like you're coming to God. Why? Because you've tried everything else. And you're saying, Lord, you know what? I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say. I'm on live television right now. I got the ticker going on the college scores. But right now, heal this man. Your will be done. I, got, I don't know what else to say. And that's what begins to take place. It's this self-reminder that, you know what, church? No, not every prayer is answered yes, right? Because it's his kingdom. It's his will. Meaning, God, whatever you want, however you want, whenever you decide, may I propose today that your prayers aren't always answered because we have a small view of what we really need. We have a small view of what, what God's will is actually doing in the background. And we assume that my will and what I need, I know what I need. I know myself best. Church, he loves you. He's made you. He's designed you. Trust his will. We sang it already. Trust his plan. Trust the Lord. You can trust him today. And the problem is not God not answering. It's our assumption that we know best. Thirdly, he just tells us to pray for our needs today. How to pray? the recognition of his authority, right? Alignment to his will, and then needs for today. Church, he says, give us today our daily bread. And that's like a metaphor, but it's a metaphor, like for real bread. They ate bread with everything. It was always around today. Like, he's saying, what do you need today? What's that daily thing that you're having all the time? And how many people are like, well, it's not bread. That's one of my resolutions, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just me? Okay, good to know. Prayer, ready for the definition? It grew again. Prayer is continual communication and communion with God the Father who is holy, where we align our will with God's asking for help today. What do you need today, church? Make no mistake, Jesus was talking about your needs here and now. He wants you to, this is what Jesus is saying, he wants to give you what you need today. He wants to hear what you need today. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, what? Let your requests be made known to God. This is where he wants you to contend. This is where he wants you to, to ask boldly, to declare deeply, to request honestly, to ask the Lord Jesus, hey God, I need your help here. Friends, this is where to get honest and say, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. 
I want a partner in life. I want someone to do life with. I'm lonely. And there's testimony of that in our church. I know a guy who sat in this very church back over there and said, I want a wife. That's it. And he was preaching a sermon. He told us all to ask God, and that's what he did. And there's great testimony to that. I know, I know people who, who, who are dealing with things, who are healing. I know people who are like, I just want some healing in my life. I've been praying for this thing again and again. Ask for it today. He hears you. This is where I want to remind you, God is on your side. He fights your battles. I'm not saying you just name it and claim it. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm saying don't be worried that because you don't pray enough, that's why he's not answering. Because then we have a low view of ourselves and then we have a low view of God. We need to have a high view of God, a great expectation that he always is listening, he always hears us, and instead of praying, hoping to receive some sort of favor, recognize that you pray with favor. If you know God, you have his favor. So continue to ask, continue to contend, continue to stand in the gaps for those who don't know him yet. Maybe you've been praying for a son or a daughter. Maybe you've been praying for financial pressure to be relieved. Maybe you've been praying, just reveal yourself to me, God, so that I know you're real. Keep on praying, church. Ask today. Declare boldly. I actually think someone needs that in their theology, where they really feel like, I'm always asking for his favor. <laughs> Friends, you have it. If you know him, you have it. So begin to declare and ask and seek his grace and, un and, and, and unpack a great relationship with him as you pray. And just my final point for us, and I think it's that final bit of structure in, in the prayer that Jesus leaves us after he asks you to make your request for that daily bread. It's just forgiveness, grace, and guidance. Forgive our, our debts. Forgive, forgive those who, who've hurt us. Forgive ourselves for when we've hurt others, right? And lead us not into temptation. Lead me, Lord. Guide me. God, I need grace. I need forgiveness. Let me extend grace. Let me extend forgiveness and lead me wherever I go. Final part of our definition. Ready? Prayer is continual communication and communion with God, the Father who is holy, where we align our will with God's asking for help today and seeking grace, guidance, and power to live obediently in his purpose for tomorrow. I just want to say I'm aware that's a bit of a run-on sentence, Okay? So I don't need any emails from teachers later. <laughs> it's just such a big thing. You know, it's, there's so much to unpack. And I do believe there's so many pieces here of what it is and how we do it and how God is asking us to approach it and how today we can ask for more and how tomorrow we want to live obediently. There's things we could add and put away, but this, this gives you a great, you know, foundation of what prayer is and how to do it. I really believe that. I think it's going to help you this year. You know, at the end of the day, I ask myself why we pray. And I think it's because we all know we're broken. Not every day. I'm not saying you're broken in, you know, every moment. I'm not saying that every time you pray you're broken, but our world is broken, right? And there's a recognition of that. And we can't fix the world. We can try. But when we kneel, I think this is like, we recognize that so we kneel, we lower our posture beneath the greater power and we ask, Lord, forgive me. Lord, see me. Lord, I seek you today because you know, you know where my heart is. You already know them, but I'm still gonna tell you. Seeking grace might actually be the best place for you to start this year. 
We seek a power, right, in prayer to triumph evil because we see evil. We, we, we need empathy that moves our spirit because our heart breaks for other people. We need a joy that's everlasting because some days they're just sad. We need a comfort that's never ending because some of us are grieving and we're mourning. We need a, a, a confidence that doesn't end on, on one person's words or, or one person's statement or, or on Parliament Hill, if you will. We need a confidence that flows out of heaven's gates, right? We need a confidence that surpasses our knowledge because, friends, God is real and we need his help. And if we're being honest, we want it. We really do. We want his help. We want his strength to lead us. We, we want to live on purpose, obediently, with tomorrow in mind. I read a quote this week that said, prayer is the open admission that without Christ, we can do nothing. It's an expression of faith that in God's power, we can be fueled by a desire for more of him. And so my hope is that you have a theology of prayer of what it is and, and why we do it and how to do it. But I still feel like there might be two things maybe left kind of open-ended that I hope to close in this moment as we close and as we pray. I think there might be two prayers in this room, two styles of prayer, if you will, maybe left unanswered or unspoken. And one, that's the person who's praying big prayers and has big requests, but feels like stymied, like it's just not getting anywhere, like it's really difficult and I'm not really sure what to say. Can I encourage you? First, let's solidify the foundation, right, of a relationship with Jesus before we make requests to Jesus. When Bo comes running to me or Georgia comes running to me with needs, the first thing I'm trying to do is what? I'm trying to build connection before there's any sort of handout or correction or whatever it is. Some of you are in here. You're praying. You're like, I don't know. It's not really working. It's because... He wants to know your heart before he hears your words. He wants to see, he wants, he wants to be the savior of your soul before he's just a vending machine of things. And I say that with urgency because why? Because he loves you. Because he sees you today where you're sitting. He knows your heart and he wants to have all of it. He wants the intimacy and the interaction. But first, let's get that relationship started. And so don't pray for anything else until you pray that that relationship is made right, that he, he really wants your heart, he wants that posture, and, and relationship comes before the request, church. And secondly, just for that person who's been praying and praying and praying and praying and feels their prayers left unanswered, That's a whole sermon in itself. It's probably a whole series in itself. But I just felt like the Lord said this to me recently, and I wanted to say it to you. It's time to trust him again. It's time to trust him with that prayer again. You've been looking for healing for many years, and you've almost just given up. I'm like, I'm not praying that again. I can't let those words come out of my mouth again. Trust him again. Lift the words, lift the prayers up to God. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's not, not listening his ear is close. He sees you today. It's time to trust him with your bold prayers once again. And then you know what you should do? And you're gonna absolutely love this, I promise. You'll be your favorite thing you heard all day. Wait on the Lord. That was a joke, obviously. It's hard. 
But friends, you do not want a God who gives instant gratification, who is instant answer. That wouldn't actually be a God at all. I want this. Okay, that's not a God. That's not a God. Why? Because his will is the best will. His plan is the best plan. His timing, although it's hard and I sense it too, his timing is always the best timing, church. It's time to trust him again. It's time to pray to him again. It's, try, it's time to wait a little bit and say, God, I'm going I'm to buckle in here because those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. I will not grow weary as I wait. I will not grow faint. I will continue to run with you and walk with you, God, because I can trust you even in the hardest times, even in the deepest prayers. I know that I'm praying to a God who fights for me, sees me, hears me. The Lord is close to all who call upon him. Psalm 145 says, church, he hears you. He sees you today. It's time to trust him again. One quote for you as I, as I close. This is from Pete Grigg, who started the 24-7 prayer movement. It's in his book, Red Moon Rising. I encourage you to read it. It's a great read. It's a great listen. I, I listened to it. I didn't read it. I feel like God is waiting to see if I'm waiting. If he just flooded in with answers and guidance right now, I would not have changed. I would not have learned to wait Learn to trust without the answers and without a roadmap for the future. So I'm saying that I'm glad that God was silent because I actually want to wait. I want to prove my mettle to God. I don't, I don't necessarily want ease and instant of anything anymore. So I'm waiting for God and God is waiting for me to see if I'm really waiting for him, not just wanting things from him. Would you stand on your feet? Let me pray over you this morning as we as a church trust Jesus as our cornerstone but build a foundation of prayer knowing that this is how we interact how we become intimate how we really learn to hear his voice and speak boldly to him can I pray over you today would you just you know maybe receive however posture that is for you we said at the start that there is a posture of prayer we all need to take so whatever that is for you posture your heart God right now we just pray to you we do not have perfect words, Lord, but we pray to a perfect God. There is not a, it's not a perfect church, but we pray to a perfect God. God, I pray for the person in here who's been asking, 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 but knows right now they need to put their heart fully in line with you. I pray for the person who feels just honestly, like almost a physical weight because the sin they carry feels so heavy, would they be reminded of the gospel this morning, that you are a good God who loves them, that you went to the cross for them, that you have uh, purchased a great victory for them, that they can truly place their whole being on top of you in the cross, Lord. For that person who needs to pray that first prayer and just seek grace today, I pray they would receive it in Jesus' name. Let grace wash over this room. Let that be the first prayer of 2023. And Lord, I pray for the person who feels they haven't been able to pray, they haven't been able to utter. God, in Jesus' name, I pray that they would know it's time to start praying that prayer again. <laughs> that they would know in their heart, Lord, that you do see and you do hear. God, I pray you would speak to them this week. I pray a bold prayer, Lord. We stand in the gap for the person who's been praying for years for healing, who's been praying for years for that son to come home, who's been praying for that relationship to be restored, who's just been looking to get out of this feeling like they're in a desert. I pray like a rushing wind, God, like a wave of grace that you would come and reach and touch every person's heart and that we would be a church, Coastline would be a church that prays, Lord, that prays big prayers, bold prayers, 
powerful prayers to the God who sees us, who hears us and loves us. Jesus, we love you. We pray to you. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen.